Chapter Three: Chamber of Horrors. With or without religion, good people behave well, and bad people can do evil. But for good people to do evil, that takes religion. Stephen Weinberg. Before we examine the teachings of Jesus, I want to look at the legacy of religion apart from Jesus. If the history of religion could be turned into a waxwork display, it would be most appropriately viewed in the Chamber of Horrors. We could start with a depiction of this gruesome scene. Mothers were skewered on swords as their children watched. Young women were stripped and raped in broad daylight, then doused and set on fire. A pregnant woman's belly was slid open, her fetus raised skyward on the tip of a sword, and then tossed on one of the fires that blazed across the city. Is this a scene from the Crusades or some ancient tribal war? Today's world might seem like a kinder, gentler place if it were. The above passage describes a taste of the violence that erupted between Hindus and Muslims in India in the spring of 2002, as described by the New York Times. Over a thousand people died in the month-long series of riots. Religious differences were the primary motivating factor. So, as we talk about the history of religious violence, please remember that killing in the name of religion is not just a matter of ancient history, but is a significant aspect of the present-day world in which we live. The tragic events of September 11th, 2001, underscore this point. Author Sam Harris rightly observes: A glance at history or at the pages of any newspaper reveals that ideas which divide one group of human beings from another, only to unite them in slaughter, generally have their roots in religion. We'll reserve the entire next chapter to talk about the atrocities of one specific religion, the Christian religion. But for now, let's look at some other atrocities of various religions through history. Human sacrifice. The Aztecs and Mayans, like the ancient Ammonites mentioned in the Bible, used human sacrifice to appease their gods. Their grisly ceremonies could include live burnings, disembowelments, and sacred cannibalism, all in the name of religion. Historians believe that the Aztecs sacrificed thousands of people, often children, to their gods every year. Robert Buckman reflects: To put it mildly, it is a disturbing fact that we humans, throughout the history of our species, have always been ready to kill and torture other humans in the name of an eternal and everlasting deity that, in most religions, encourages humans to love and tolerate one another. Reincarnation's dark side. Although the practice was finally outlawed in the 1800s, for countless years religious Hindus praised widows who chose to commit suicide when their husbands died. This traditional practice, called sati, involved throwing themselves on the funeral pyre to burn with their dead husbands. Such a woman could die with the good hope of her reward, coming back again as a man. Some defenders of religion have tried to argue that sati is more of a cultural practice than a religious one, but this is grasping at straws. Such cultural practices could never become so well embraced without the powerful motivation that only religious underpinnings can provide. Jihad. It has become popular to point out that jihad is a word used in the Quran to describe inner struggle against sin and toward godliness. This is certainly true, but only half true. Jihad means struggle, and it can refer to inner struggle, spiritual struggle. Nevertheless, as Muhammad demonstrated, the word also includes much more. According to the Institute of Islamic Information and Education in Chicago, Prophet Muhammad undertook a number of armed campaigns to remove treacherous people from power and their lodgings. He had entered into pacts with several tribes. However, some of them proved themselves treacherous. 
Prophet Muhammad launched armed campaigns against these tribes, defeated and exiled them from Medina and its surroundings. Indeed, it is difficult to mobilize people to fight when they see no invaders in their territory. However, those who are charged with responsibility see dangers ahead of time and must provide leadership. The Messenger of Allah, Muhammad, had the responsibility to protect his people and the religion he established in Arabia. Whenever he received intelligence reports about enemies gathering near his borders, he carried out preemptive strikes, broke their power, and dispersed them. Although on the one hand, the Quran teaches that Muslims are supposed to use violence only as a form of defense, such as Surah 22, 39-40, Muhammad modeled the use of preemptive strikes as a form of allowable defense when feeling threatened. This opens up the possibility of all kinds of justifiable attacks under the banner of preemptive strikes, all in the name of religion. We cannot escape the terrible truth that Muhammad modeled violence as a supposedly righteous means to advance the earthly kingdom of Islam. This means that we cannot consider those Muslims who use violence today to be completely outside the boundaries of authentic Muslim religion. Their interpretation and application of the Quran grows out of the example of Muhammad and so is at least as valid as that of the less violent moderates. Christian Hypocrisy As we continue on this virtual tour through religion's chamber of horrors, we come to a religion that will need its own section to cover its twisted legacy. It is a legacy made worse by the horrible fact that it was supposedly founded on the teachings of a man undeniably dedicated to radical nonviolence, a man prophesied to be the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9.6. Few would dispute the fact that one of the most distinguishing marks of the historical Jesus was his revolutionary emphasis on enemy love. He both taught it and lived it like no other teacher, leader, or philosopher in history. His message continues to be as radical as it is unmistakable. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Luke 6.27 Unfortunately, those who have claimed to be his followers seem to have demonstrated an acute case of selective hearing. Church history reveals that Jesus' message of enemy love and nonviolent peacemaking was deeply needed, but rarely heeded. As Gore Vidal points out, More people have been killed in the name of Jesus Christ than any other name in the history of the world. 